Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Do you believe you can live a pain-free, vital life? Do you want to step back into your power? and share your gifts with the world? Are you ready to make a commitment to you? It's time to reclaim your inheritance as a self-healer. Welcome to The Nature of Healing. Hello, healers. I'm Roseanne. Dr. Berta Graf is a board-certified naturopath. She's a PhD and an ND. She has a doctorate of natural medicine with an emphasis on energy medicine. She's a licensed massage therapist and body worker, a lymphedema specialist, a labor birth doula, and a wellness educator of 30 years. She promotes life extension, joy, wellness, and relaxation for a healthy mind, body, spirit, emotional, and electromagnetic connection. And she started writing her first book this year entitled The Graph Method, Energy Medicine Manual for the Care Provider. I met you, Berta, at the American Naturopathic Medical Association's annual conference five years ago in Las Vegas, since we were both graduates at the time of the Trinity School of Natural Health. And I'm so happy to know you still. Berta Graf, welcome to The Nature of Healing. Thank you very much, Roseanne. It's great to have you here. And today, you're going to talk about energy, one of my favorite topics of discussion. You're going to share with us how energy affects longevity. So, Berta, the floor is yours. Thank you. It's really important that first we understand what is energy. Lots of times we're told in school that energy is the ability to do work. And that doesn't never quite set with me, Roseanne. I just needed to um, be able to embrace that idea of what energy is. And so after a while of thinking about it, I came up with the idea that energy is the ability to move as much as we want to for a long life. Does that resonate with you as well, Roseanne? Absolutely. And energy is a, a, a construct if you want. Um, it's also a catalyst for balance, experience, and change. And I like to think of um, people who are in their 70s and 80s who are exercising and carrying heavy things and thinking about how they do it before they do it. They're engaging their body. They're engaging their mind and their spirit. They're engaging their energy to, to make a change and that there are right ways of doing these things and things that are not as healthy. There's really no right or wrong, but there's, there's healthy and there's out of balance. The choices of how to live and use energy, I like to think, ultimately is the smart way or the hard way. And how do we use the energy for a longer life? We engage, again, the word is to engage the human being experience. There's a, phys a physicality portion to that, which has to do with cells and cellular systems, keeping hydrated, the balance between fat 
and water and sugars in the body. There's about nutrient transport, normal electrical properties that go on. When I say normal, it really has a lot to do with how we think and how we feel. Is our gut health in the right place? Is it in tune with how our brain is working inside of our head? There are lots of balances that have to happen in the physicality. Uh, toxins removal every morning we get up we have bad breath what does that mean it means that there's certain bacteria and things that have to get in balance with the rest of our bodies there's things that are thrown off there are new bacteria that are grown healthy bacteria in our body uh, walking I recommend to everyone first thing in the morning walking is an important way to get the energy working in our body left hand right knee. If we're walking more right and right, right knee, right hand, then we're actually out of balance because there's a crossover for our brains. Emotional longevity is, most important thing is to be able to deep breathe, laugh often, and have the stuff come out. You know, don't hold on to it. Let it go. Give. Teach others as you're also caring for yourself. And don't worry about it. People who have lived long lives, they all say the same thing. I laugh all the time and I don't worry about it. I don't worry about whatever other people think about what I look like or my mission in life. It has to do with me and what I think. There's a certain amount of care and custody and protection and responsibility for our bodies as we learn how to observe, listen, and act ultimately how we feel emotionally for the mind it's simple we remain curious curiosity we say is about questioning dreaming experiencing and gathering thinking back to our physicality has to do with our mitochondria mitochondria has to do with energy and also has to do with the storage of information and then we go into intuition to develop stronger life processes and to get into a more open understanding and access to our own truth. If we are in touch with our own truth, then longevity will come through a lot easier for us. It takes work without having to prove ourselves and, it, and, and to be able to tap into creative outlets. Energy affects longevity. It can be measured through the different sources that we have, solar, wind, water, food, movement, planet, watching the planets and the stars move, gravitational pull, how we feel when we're being pulled, uh, the respiration of how the air comes in and leaves our body, our cells. It, things can be measured, our nerves, how the nerves work, the glands, the mitochondria, the blood, the skin. Um, immeasurable energy is not as easy to understand but it is definitely something that we can plug into. And I, when I talk about that, it has to do with how we observe, how we think, how we feel, how we intuit that 95% of our brain that we forget is there because we're in the driver's seat in the front part of our brain all the time, how we think, feel, and act and intuit. And that if you were thinking of a pyramid shape, Instead of the regular, you know, food pyramid, we think about lifespan on the top. Happiness is the next one. Cognition is third. Fitness is fourth. Nutrition is fifth. And sleep on the bottom. But 
guess what? You can turn that pyramid upside down and sleep can be the first. You could shift any of those parts and pieces on the pyramid and they still work as long as there's a certain amount of balance. And the goal is, again, to have longevity with energy. So what are your thoughts about all this research on telomeres or telomeres that promote uh, longevity and and all the different uh, supplements and procedures that they're using or or trying in order to sell longevity through supplements? Um, Bill Andrews is actually a good friend and I respect huge what he is doing um, with his research, his his, um, prize-winning news research. And um, I would like to know more. What I do understand is um, what I'm very visual, um, that the telomeres are on the ends of the DNA strands and that we are born, we have a certain uh, length of that that is supposed to last us uh, almost like a battery losing its energy. You know, it goes, it's shorter as we get older and as we, we burn our energy up uh, with things that aren't as healthy, um, for instance, alcohol, drugs, um, not getting enough sleep, worrying all the time. This has a tendency to shorten the telomeres faster. I think there's definitely a place for science in this to, to really to be the observer but as far and my personal feeling is, um, <laughs> I, I, I have a little bit of a, a concern that if we tamper with this too much, that it can actually cause a chain reaction of things that we have no idea at this, at this point. That's just my feeling. Supplements uh, to lengthen them, I think there needs to be a lot more research with that. <clears throat> I would say personally, if... I want to lengthen my own or maintain my own is to follow with the things that I talked about a few minutes ago, the pyramid idea and more. I agree with you completely. I think focusing just on the physicality of who we are is limiting and we need to open up and look at all of our aspects just as you talk about. Well, in that in mind, um, Roseanne, uh, it has to do with the idea of energy in motion. Uh, telomeres or whatever we're speaking of it's up to us to choose we have the right to choose that's one of the beautiful things about uh, freedom is having the right to choose and in this um, instance is what do we do with it how do we absorb it how do we share it and how do we recognize it as with the outcomes I think that's really where we should be putting our mind um, in the observation mode uh, we can watch how we work, but we have to be able to uh, to realize the power of our choice. And <clears throat> there are evidence-based research uh, studies that indicate that longevity is based on genetics and lifestyle choices. Um, there's a wonderful one by um, uh, Eric Greer and Anne uh, Brunt, B-R-U-N-E-T, um, signaling networks in aging. It's in uh, cell science at a glance. It has a lot to do with uh, a perspective of genetic and environmental manipulations, um, revealing that age is regulated by specific signaling patterns or pathways. 
and they say that it remains in question whether these signaling pathways exert the effects of on all tissues or specific master tissues. Um, aging would then be affecting affected systematically. Um, when we also talking about energy, we have to look at, at this level, look at hormone signaling. How does it work with insulin and insulin regulation, nutrition sensing and signaling, and mitochondria and ROS signal, signaling as well as genome uh, surveillance pathways. So there's, there's different parts of a body. They're always observing, always responding to what's going on. From my perspective, just from my own healing experience in reversing hypothyroidism in my own body, I realize that you know supplements and food is definitely important. It's it's important to clear the body, detox the body, and and provide nutrients so that you come back into balance on a physical level. But the one thing that kept me from going to the next level was not understanding that energy and motion that you're talking about, and that goes to emotions, and that speaks to how we manifest the physical is through the energy is through the energy of emotions it's through this body mind spirit connection and if we're we're not connected or aligned in that way we cut ourselves off from full healing so i think you're right you, we can heal by by you know addressing symptoms from the external by you know applying certain techniques and things and that research is looking at but until research really focuses on that that inherent like you know energy body that we have that the soul that really encompasses our body it overlays our body we are not going to the full healing level that our potential is agreed well, wanted to talk a little bit about the, um, the the older populations of the world. There, all over the world, uh, there are groups of people who are living long lives, and um, they're in Italy, they're in Greece, they're in Costa Rica, they're in Japan, um, Pakistan, China, Italy, and England, and the United States. Um, there's a group of people in um, Loba Linda in California that are is. They're like, many of them are over a hundred and they're, you know, they're driving cars, they're walking every day, laughing, they're, they're cooking, they're, they have great, great, great grandchildren. I mean, they're just, you know, people are living longer who are practicing um, lifestyle changes. And um, I particularly like the Hunzas. I'd really like, or Hunzas, I'd really like to go and visit them sometime um, and just hear that you can't even be on the council until you turn a hundred years old. And uh, at one point, I don't know if this is still true, but they were dropping babies at 80 and we were talking about Roseanne, not an effort, you know, within in an hour or two, the baby's out and woman is breastfeeding and um, continuing on with her duties of other childcare and other things. Um, then, uh, so there are lots of people uh, through the world. There's a very interesting man um, from Turkey, um, Kazem Kibuz of Turkey. He does daily yoga and swimming, as well as he eats a meatless diet, uh, mostly beans and some olive oil, olives, um, some soup, herbal teas, and uh, he says a spoonful of honey every day. But he spends a lot of time stretching his body, uh, even contortions, and uh, swimming long distances, and um, 
he says that um, the the ninety year old person should be doing vigorous exercise every day, starting out with a few movements, doing deep breathing exercises, and then work the body every day a little harder. Um, energy for longevity has its origins in our life experiences. And we see different theories of those in quantum medicine, um, the multiverse theories, and so forth. The uh, I like to say the spilled uh, cup, you know, theory where you have the expansion of the universe coming from an original source. There are a lot of different theories. Um, we also look at Da Vinci studies, the sacred mother, uh, the flower of life, the golden ratio, the fractal universe. All these things are being looked at. Uh, Pythagoras, um, excuse me, Pythagoras, uh, their current states of being and atomic structures. And I like to say that if you input a signature essence with a current state of being and atomic structures, I know that's a lot to say, then you put those together and you can affect a change. So basically, if you have a current, a current state of being, say, for instance, you're, um, you're angry and you want to make some changes and your metabolic situation and your, your metabolic uh, patterning in your body is um, doing certain things, it's rushing around, creating goodness, and also there's some destruction. If you want to affect a change, you could input, say, for instance, a homeopathic remedy or eat an apple. You know, there are different signaturing patterns that we can interject to make changes, things to slow us down, chamomile, tea, um, to affect a change. And I like to think of um, once in a while I'll watch a movie and uh, usually the little children movies have the most wisdom. And I like to think of Morla, the ancient one. Um, And she says that he, she, it's, it's, it's questionable whether the turtle is actually a uh, a male or female, Uh, but the wisdom related to the innocence seeking truth or resolve. And ultimately the turtle is saying, we don't care even though whether or not we care or not. And so there has a certain, has to come to a certain point when we're in our chain of longevity of saying uh, it's not important what other people think or even what we think, but it's more about what we observe. I love that. We see the turtle in a lot of different cultures, ancient, ancient cultures, again, representing longevity, meditation, strength, and often it plays a role in the primordial creation of the earth. Uh, the Chinese, um, talking about the world on its back. The Japanese believe the turtle supports the world mountain and uh, the Kurama is in their thoughts, the gigantic turtle incarnation of the Hindu God Vishnu. So there's a lot of different um, ideas throughout um, the world about longevity. And um, I think one of the most important things we need to think about worldwide is if you don't mind a small commercial here about plastic and um, it is affecting our ability to have a longer life because the Earth's water cycle of life, the tide circulation, carries this uh, signature, if you will, this plastic soup signature to everything that we live in, our air, our water, food, 
it, it, it's in the, it's in the fish and it's in the food chain. And so I think it's important that everyone take a step to learn how to um, eradicate this problem. And I think it's going to take a long time, maybe generations now, but maybe, maybe it will change. Yeah. And if I could add one little thing to that, I mean, the, the water itself having this signature or imprint of plastic in it reflects our own bodies now because we are mostly water. And how do we get this chemical out? How do we detox this? Well, really, it, it, until we eliminate it from our environment, we can't eliminate it from our bodies as long as we're alive. Um, unless we're doing more than just the physical, like you say, this is a perfect example of how we need to look at um, energetic modalities to kind of transcend the physical and what its effects on our, our hormonal systems that, that take us out of balance. But I think you're, you're bringing up such important problems in the world and, and problems for which we don't have answers. And maybe the answer is that this earth will eventually split, <laughs> you know, on an energetic level. And the people who want to continue to pollute are going to live on one aspect of, you know, energetic earth and another pe and the other people who want a cleaner earth will be moving on um, to a different realm. We'll just have to see about that. <laughs> That's my little commercial. <laughs> well, in, in talking about that is that um, we have, you can see reflections of who we are in everything from the very smallest particles, as they say, strings and quarks and so forth, to the largest of what we can't see because it's so large. And But we can observe the power of observation. Um, the body waters, the ocean waters, if you go inside the body and look at all the different cycles of motion in the body, um, you will see that there is a, we never should give up hope because hope is really the last thing we have before we drop our bodies. And um, it has to do with communication system loops. You know, we have endocrine, um, we have the craniosacral system, the muscle system, the bones, uh, the bones into the bones that where the red blood cells are made, the, uh, the adrenals that run the body. They're the silent master in there that uh, speak the, the words of wisdom to everything in its own language. Um, I like to say words of wisdom because um, it's a, an, uh, a part of our body that doesn't get talked about very much, but we need more information on that. It helps to move the bone plates in the head, everything. Um, I love Bruce Lipton if, you, Lipton, if you don't mind me talking about him for a moment. Mm -hmm. um, he talks a lot about the movement how energy is the movement generated by protein shape changes uh, being harnessed by the cell to do work. Again, uh, going back to the idea of redefining what is energy and that perceptions lie between the environment and cellular expression. If our perceptions are accurate, he says, the resulting behavior will be life enhancing. If we operate from misconceptions, our behavior will be inappropriate and we will jeopardize, jeopardize our vitality by compromising our health. Thank you, Bruce Lipton. Um, I like to add him because I like to think a lot about um, the morphogenesis uh, of energy. Um, and speaking of anatomical origins, um, 
having to do with energy, cellular and early embryonic development and movement, everything starts at the very beginning um, before we can actually have differentiation. The cell information or DNA is already talking. Um, And guess what? It's in the state of Morla, kind of like the turtle, beginning with the eight immortal cells. It polarizes and, and compacts together, creating domains. And then you have um, epithelial sheaths and lateral membranes that are, begin to move together. They begin to have a, a communication as they're moving together. The movement, the friction, I believe, and the spaces is where all the information is beginning to brew. Um, and then there's, a, there's further cell division, creating cavities and um, blastocysts. And then there's um, active transport of sodium ions. And um, then there's water and osmosis of water. All that movement helps to create the next level of uh, experience for the, of, for the cells, which is differentiation. And that's like huge. Um, I like to think of them, Roseanne, as modes of expression. We put into practice modes of expression or expressing energy through cycles. Again, just like the movement of the waters of the earth, waters of the body, manifestation moves into transformation. Transformation helps interdependence, and and interdependence helps energy exchange, which returns back to manifestation. So if you were a listener, you could actually draw on a piece of paper however you'd like to see this manifestation on the top with an arrow that leads to transformation, which leads to interdependence, which leads to energy exchange, which leads back to manifestation. If you were thinking about these in pictures, morphogenesis is the beginning of a shape. Think about the universe swirling and left spin. We think about left spin and we think about L lysine. Um, This is one uh, has a left spin Right spin is thought to be more destructive or um, toxic in the body and states of being. And then the third component being homeostasis, which is the equilibrium. That's when we're constantly, every moment, having to look for balance between our physical, mental, emotional, uh, spiritual, and our electromagnetic energy. All those have to be in balance, and it's a constant change. There's never uh, an arrival of these things. So we go back again to... having this beginning of a shape we're constantly beginning constantly having the opportunity to go back and look at ourselves how we how we are in the state of being energy wise then we go into our safe container we look are we safe is our skin safe are we feeling emotionally safe then we go into if we're not feeling safe and we are not being able to see who we are then we look into our uh, our states of um, homeostasis or equilibrium That's great. That's a great um, analogy or kind of a flow chart to say that really who we are is spirit. There is no beginning and no end. So people who I think are become stuck in fear or other emotions, they are not looking at their larger true selves, which is that they are always 
they're eternal. They're eternal beings. And if we all were really uneducated to understand that we are these eternal light beings, we never die, we just change form, I think there would be so much more progress humanity could make. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes, agreed. Um, one more piece about homeostasis is um, with what you said is that there's a correcting mechanism that goes on. Uh, just let's just talk about for a moment um, neurotransmitters. When um, we're living within, I like to call the a life a bandwidth. There's a certain bandwidth that of okie dokiness that we're allowed, if you will, um, that keeps that elastic quality of who we are physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, and uh, electromagnetically. And within that bandwidth, we can stretch that bandwidth out a little bit, or we can, or it can be very, very short and very um, small and more, uh, um, shall I say, hyper. Um, thinking about this, if you will, just kind of visualize um, a, a, a line that goes up and down and up and down, okay? And um, think about a number system out to the left of that with a zero in the middle and a plus one and a plus two on the top and a minus one and a minus two on the bottom. And in the middle, that zero line says optimal environment. That's our homeostatic resonant uh, resonance that we, um, we want to have sort of a middle line for a beginning just to understand what do we kind of like call an optimum uh, environment. And on the bottom, when it goes down, when the line curves down, there is a correcting mechanism that comes into play to keep it from going too low. Like when we're going to sleep, you know, we go into a deep level of sleep, but we don't die. We go to a level of, of depth that allows us to do some changes to encourage our, our energy to, um, to become better, um, to have more uh, resistance for um, pain of different kinds. And then when we come out of that, we we wake up and there's a certain jolt of um, excitement for some of us, personal speaking, <laughs> some of us, it takes a little while to get some, some energy going and we have a certain amount of stress. Some people turn the TV on right away. And at some point during the day or morning, we can actually measure this to see when our what our energy is doing, what our neurotransmitters are doing with certain tests. Um, saliva tests and blood tests will show this that those correcting mechanisms will come into play to stop the process of us going too high. And um, then we will begin to uh, return to the state of optimism, uh, optimal um, environment when those mechanisms come into play. And it continues doing this all day long. And this continues through our whole lives. And this bandwidth has to do with a state of being aware, conscious, energetic ex expansion for flexibility and longevity and there has to be a response output to every input and vice versa and otherwise we get sick and then there's a spiraling uh we go either too low or too high and that's when uh, we'll feel the um effects of that um uh, we don't we look in the mirror we don't look we don't look well we don't feel well uh, others will will take notice our interdependence with them it there's a there's a an obvious thing that be, that comes into play eventually. When we were talking about that homeostatic model, stressors, uh, we like to talk, talk about the definition of disease and everything has become a stressor, even living and sleeping. 
And what do we do about that? Again, we would want to think about, first of all, the components of who we are. The body has to respond to stress as well as the emotions, the mind, and spirit. And I believe that you said, Roseanne, earlier about um, the spirit and how we respond to stress and how things are changing in some of your other talks. And um, I think about there are different different ways to experience that. Homeopathic, I can have another show all about that if you want. Um, Hippocrates is one of the teachers that we always like to talk about, letting food be the medicine and the medicine being the food as far as signatures that go into the body every day and when we were little children we would go into the lunchroom and there would be this huge poster of this person with pictures of food uh, that made up their body and there were greens and reds and yellows and oranges and so forth and all those are what help to find help us to find a better balance for longer life and varied exercise laughing daily not worrying Having, exploring the different ideas of superfoods and herbs for our organs and immune systems, those all help us to have a longer life. Um, again, the people who have lived the longest in the world, they practice these things. They practice breathing. They practice walking, meditation, which is not necessarily a religion. It's about really focusing on the inside of our body and the outside of our body being who we are. Improving our minds, our bodies, our emotions, and keeping things simple. Very, very simple. And sometimes that is just to sit and just be. When we treat ourselves and others right, who knows how long we can live, right? A lot of it has to do with self-care. Kindness begins with oneself. And then we can, be, we can begin to share with others. Kindness is the one thing that will lead us to a longer life. When we're able to see and share ourselves with others, then hopefully the tide will bring it back to us as well. But it's not about expectation. It's about giving without that expectation. Um, we also are able to have longer lives by educating our younger people in this world, letting others contribute to acts of kindness, teaching them how to plant and care for the world. We do have a lot to learn from what we fear. And I think the, be- the greatest thing in life is to question what is it we're afraid of and why. And many times it's something that we have no idea that's there. I completely agree with you there, Bear. So you're putting all this information into a book. Can you tell us a little bit more about your book? I would love to. I have a great capacity to want to give as a teacher, and I know that you do too, and that's one thing I admire about you. And in this book, it's, it's going to begin, first of all, talking about the difference between a healthcare provider and a caregiver. And many times, the caregiver is not appreciated. They sit long hours beside a bed of somebody who can't care for themselves. They do all the physical things. They, they work on um, drawing them out emotionally and keeping their mind stimulated, keeping their body stimulated and so forth. The healthcare provider 
many times can't do these things because they're bogged down with paperwork and procedures and they have the drug reps that come in, bless their hearts, if I say in the South, <laughs> they come in <laughs> and they uh, have their, you know, their um, suitcase full of medicine and the, the, the physicians barely have time to breathe or go to the bathroom or drink water all day, trying to promote health. And many times they, they lose sight because they're, they're so bogged down with procedures and so forth. So the idea of the book is to, is to mesh the two together in a way that I like to call the care provider, not the health provider or the caregiver, but the, the provider, one who provides care. And in the book, it's looking at all the different aspects of, we, of who we are as a physical person. There's the bones, the muscles, the joints, the blood, the heart, so forth, all of the endocrine system and so forth. It's looking at who we are as a person, also incur encouraging us to explore our emotions. And the person who's coming to learn or to read this book, they will be experiencing some of the techniques. I love techniques in this book. And they're not just, it's not just words, but there's a lot of diagrams and so forth that will help the different kinds of learners and then they will be able to uh, and encouraged to work with um, a partner or a group of others or come to a class where they can experience these things. I'll tell you personally, Roseanne, when I have taken courses with teachers that um, and, and you're in the class with other people and you have this opportunity to express yourself physically, emotionally, mentally, um, then that's the, the best way to learn is actually be there. Um, some people prefer to, to read and digest a while, and that's okay, too. But this, this book is, um, is, in, is a life process. Um, it's an experience of all the things that I've learned from my teachers and how I have been able to translate that into a way that um, is my voice. Um, and then those who come to the classes or who read the books will be able to uh, ultimately create a better book for the next time. Um, I'm very much in, uh, in awe of how you do it too, Roseanne. So thank you for asking me about the book as it, as it develops. Well, it is like a birthing process. <laughs> I always say so good luck on your uh, labor and delivery. And <laughs> thank you so much, Dr. Berta Graff for sharing your work in healing philosophies with all of us. How can people contact you to learn more? Probably the best way is through email. And that okay. would be my name, Berta Seagroff at yahoo.com, B-A-E-R-T-A-C-G-R-A-F-F -F at yahoo.com. And you can look at my website if you like www.groffwellness.com, G-R-A-F-F-W-E-L-L, groffwellness.com. And that will give you just a snippet of the kinds of things that I like to do, including um, helping to birth babies and um, doing massage with them. It's really wonderful. Watch the new life come uh, in, into your hands. It, you can feel the energy of the wonderful new birth, as well as uh, um, working with people who are dying. Um, there's a a certain amount of humility that comes through um, all extremes of life. I, I'm, after 30 years, I'm, I'm still a student and I'm still enjoying this immensely. And energy medicine is, is what I do. And I, I'm so happy to be able to share it with everyone. 
Um, one thing I was going to say, Roseanne, if we have time, yeah, is that people can practice this every day, this type of longevity renewal every day by getting up, taking a moment to be themselves, breathe. Breathing is the most wonderful thing in the world that everybody does. Take a moment, take a deep breath, expand like a balloon if you can, and let it go slowly out. And feel your whole body from your toes to your fingers, your eyes. Feel that air going out and in, just like the ocean coming in and leaving out. That's a very simple thing to do. You can call it an exercise if you want. I like to basically call it a lifestyle. Well, thank you again. And you are the care provider that you talk about from beginning to end of life. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Life is good. And thank you all for listening. If you have any questions about the show, see the show notes for information. And until next time, healers, lots of love. Visit or consult with Roseanne Lindsay, naturopath at natureofhealing.org or you can find her books at her website and at amazon.com Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.